Welcome to the Living Epistle Podcast, the place where you will find biblical principles to help you live out your faith on a daily basis and to have a positive impact on the lives of others. So get ready for another powerful episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Hello, my name is Tony Miles, and welcome to this week's episode of Living Epistle Podcast. The Lord gave me the subject of this week's podcast last weekend, almost literally right after I finished um, broadcasting last week's podcast. The Lord gave me the subject of this week's podcast um, as I was reflecting on and praying about recent events around the world. Uh, Most recently, the civil unrest and the instability and the situation in Afghanistan, the aftermath and the devastation of the earthquake and the people of Haiti. And then back at that time, it was the impending landfall of Hurricane Ida that was expected to hit the Gulf Coast this past weekend. And specifically, I was thinking about how Hurricane Ida was projected to make landfall in Louisiana exactly 16 years to the day after Hurricane Katrina had landed in Louisiana. And so then now, right now, here today, after the storm, I'm thinking about and praying about the cleanup and the restoration efforts that are going on in the areas that have been impacted by Hurricane Ida, not just in the Gulf Coast, but also up in the Northeast as well. And then also, we can't seem to get away from COVID-19. I don't know about in your area, but here in Georgia, COVID-19 is on the rise. And I mean rampant in terms of numbers of new cases um, every day in uh, in the COVID-19 outbreak. So again, um, the Lord has been speaking to me about storms. I mean, both literal storms, storms, those acts of nature, acts of God, the, as I already mentioned, the hurricanes, the earthquakes. Um, so the literal storms, but also the figurative storms, those things that are used as metaphors um, to represent um, those difficult or tough situations, right? So I'm also talking about the figurative storms as well. So the Lord has been just really um, dealing with me again in both literal storms and figurative storms. And so, and then I go to church this past Sunday. And of course, what is our pastor preaching on? You guessed it. He's preaching on storms, right? And so these were all just confirmations for me of what the Lord wanted me to talk about on this week's podcast. Nope. It's not about storms. I know this is what you're thinking it is. It's not. However, it is related to storms in the sense that the Lord really wanted me to talk about anchors. What is the purpose of an anchor? A-N-C-H-O-R. What is the purpose of an anchor? And you know how we roll here on Living Epistle Podcast. Let's go ahead and define Uh, anchor, right? So an anchor, it's a device, normally a heavy metal object, and is used to secure a vessel, a boat, a ship, or something to the bed of the ocean or uh, ocean floor or sea floor. It's used to secure something to the bottom of a body of water, right? To prevent that that craft, that watercraft, that vessel from drifting due to wind or due to current, right? And so most of us are familiar with this type of anchor. And this is normally what we think about when we hear the word or we see the word anchor, A-N-C. H-O-R. But as I was doing my research on anchors, I learned about another type of anchor, and it's called a sea, S-E-A, a sea anchor, S-E-A, sea anchor. And now you mariners, you sailors, you boaters, you guys who are familiar with watercrafts and boats and stuff are probably familiar with this term. 
but I had never heard this term before. And certainly if you spent any time in the Navy, I'm sure you've heard of this term, but I never heard the term sea anchor, specifically a sea anchor, also known as a drift anchor or a drift sock or a para anchor or a boat break. And so what it is, is it's a device that is streamed from a boat in bad weather, right? And so the purpose of this sea anchor is to stabilize the vessel, is to limit the progress or to limit its progress or to slow its progress down as it goes through the water. So rather than tethering the boat to the seabed like we do with a conventional or traditional anchor, this sea anchor provides a drag or thereby acts as a break. But even more importantly than that, normally this um, anchor is attached to the vessel's bows on both sides. And the sea anchor can prevent the vessel from turning broadside to the waves and then being overturned or capsized by them. I want you to get this. This sea anchor is attached to both sides of the vessel on the bows of the boat and it prevents the vessel from turning broadside so that the waves can overwhelm it, overpower it, or maybe even capsize the boat. And so when we think about anchors, again, we usually think about that nautical symbol that represents stability, that represents strength, support, safety, and a firm foundation, right? But when I began to think about the purpose of an anchor, whether this traditional anchor, that heavy metal object that weighs things down to the seafloor or to the ocean floor or to the seabed or the sea anchor, that thing that, that that goes alongside on both of the bows of the ship that slows it down, but gives it stability, that keeps it from being turned broadside and overcome by the waves, that keeps it from being capsized by the waves. I couldn't help but think about how good God has been to us and our lives and what God does for us in our lives, right? And just like the sea anchor or just like the traditional anchor, right? God is our stability. He is our stability. He is stable in an unstable world. He is our strength, right? Even when we are weak, even when we are frail, even when we are without strength, God is the one who strengthens us, right? He is our support. We, when all the systems and all the people of the world may that we rely upon may fail us. God is there right there to undergird us and to to support us, right? He is our safety. The word of the Lord tells us that he will hide us under the shadow of his wings and he truly 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 is our firm foundation. And so in scripture the term anchor is used metaphor- metaphorically again to represent God and faith. It's that which keeps us steadfast and gives us hope during the trials and the storms of life. And so let's take a look at Hebrews chapter 6, verses 18 and 19. And I'll be reading this from the New King James Version. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 18 through 19. And it reads that by two immutable things, immutable meaning unchangeable, it doesn't change, it doesn't waver, it's unwaver, it's unchanging, by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. And what does all this mean? What is the Apostle Paul talking about in this writing of Hebrews, right? 
It says in Hebrews chapter uh, verse uh, chapter six, verse 18, he said that there basically there are two things that God has given us earlier on in the chapter. He says God has given us his promise and he's given us his oath. And those things are immutable. Those things are unchangeable. And why are they unusable? They're unchangeable because that's God's nature. Right. We know that God is immutable. God is unchangeable. The word says he is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. So if God is the same yesterday, today and forevermore more. His promises and his oaths are immutable. In other words, it is impossible for God to lie. And so the word says that therefore we who have fled to him for refuge, refuge, right? A place of shelter, a place of safety can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. And this hope is strong and is a trustworthy anchor for our souls. And so that's what gives our souls. The the, the anchor is the hope and the hope is not in us. The hope is in what God has promised. The hope is in what God has said. And it leads us through this curtain, this veil, right? into God's inner sanctuary. So now we can go right to the father for ourselves. And so Hebrews six, again, 19 tells us that it is our hope that is the anchor for our soul. Right. And so, again, as I mentioned, what is the question or who is who is our hope in? What is our hope in? And here are two metaphorical scriptures that talk about anchoring, but they're metaphors. Right. The first one is in the Old Testament and it and it and it and it talks about uh, I'll have one Old Testament and I'll have a New Testament scripture, both about anchors and our steadfast Lord and that we can hold on to when we begin to feel uncertain and anxiety creeping in. We can hold on to these things when we are facing the storms of life. We need an anchor to steady us, to keep us from drifting or being overwhelmed by the winds and the waves, right? When the situations and circumstances of life seem more than we can handle or more than we can bear in and of our own strength. I want you to reflect on these two scriptures. There are many more. So I wanted to pick one old and one New Testament. The first one is from Isaiah. Chapter 28, and I'm going to be reading the New Living Translation version on this one. And it reads, therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build upon. Whoever believes need never be shaken. Come on now. When we talk about this cornerstone, who is this cornerstone? We know this precious cornerstone is Jesus. And the word tells us that it is safe to build on this precious. He doesn't just call it a cornerstone. Isaiah calls it a precious cornerstone. And so whoever builds upon Jesus, this precious cornerstone, we need never be shaken. And again, God is faithful to his promise. He's faithful to his oath. He's faithful to his word. And so if his word tells us that if we build on this precious cornerstone, Jesus the Christ, then we who build upon it need never be shaken, right? And so again, and now let me read First uh, Peter chapter five. Um, I'll read a couple of verses, verses six through ten. And again, from the New Living Translation, and it reads, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to him, for he cares about you. Stay alert. 
Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. And in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a while, he will restore, he will support and strengthen you and he will place you on a firm foundation. Wow. Now, remember at the beginning of the podcast, we talked about the purpose of an anchor. The purpose of an anchor is to provide stability, to provide strength, to provide support and a firm foundation, right? And so we just read this in first Peter chapter five, verses six through 10. But also as I was reading this thing about an anchor, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I, I, I don't know a lot about sea life or a mariner or being a sailor because I'm not one. And so that's why I had to do this research on the anchor, right? And what an anchor means. However, I did run track back in my younger days and I was a part of the four by 100 relay team. And so I know a little something about anchors from a track and field perspective, right? And so in track, the anchor is the fastest and the strongest and the most experienced runner on the team. The athletes competing, the, the athlete competing or, or, or completing the anchor leg of a relay is responsible for making up ground on the race leader or preserving the lead already secured by his teammates. Come on. Right. And so no matter what place we're in during the race, there was always hope that when the baton was handed to the anchor, if we were ahead, we were confident that the anchor would keep the lead and bring us home to finish in first place. But even if we were behind in track and field, we were confident all we had to do is get the baton to the anchor and the anchor could make up the ground and take the lead and lead us to victory. So if we have this kind of faith in human beings and men and women and boys and girls in track and field, right? Then how much more should we put our faith in God if we believe that the anchor in track and field, no matter what position we're in, can keep the lead and take us to victory? Or if we're behind, how much more? If we believe that the anchor and track and field can catch up and then take the lead and lead us to victory, how much more than can our heavenly father do the same for us? The God who is the creator, the God of the universe, the God who made us right. And so I'll reread first Peter chapter five, verse 10 again. And it reads in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore support and strengthen you and he will place you on a firm foundation. Wow. God is our stability in an unstable world. God is our strength, even when we are weak and without strength. God is our support when all of the people and systems and things we've come to rely on have failed us. God is our firm foundation and we can Put our full confidence, our full trust, our full faith in him that he will get us to the future that he has promised us. Remember, we read in Isaiah uh, that he is faithful to his promise and he's faithful to his oath. And so we can 
again, be uh, sure we can rest on this, that he will get us to the future that he promises us because he is truly our anchor as we navigate through the storms of life. Be confident, be confident in what his word, be confident in the hope that is within him. And as a result of the hope that's within him, there is hope that it was is within us because he is truly our anchor. So remember, family, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. This is Tony Miles. Thanks for listening. Now go and be a living epistle. Join us again next week for another episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Music for Living Epistle Podcast is provided by audionautics.com.